If you have the word of the Lord, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 1. My wife asked me, she's like, well, where are you at? Where are you going? And I said, well, I'm still in chapter 1 of Ephesians. We're going to be reading verses uh, 7 through 12. Now, we've got to understand that verses 7 through 12 are one sentence. And we, have to, we, we need to remember that um, when Paul wrote his epistle to the church at Ephesus, it was a letter, Carl. It didn't have chapters. It didn't have verses. It was just a letter that was written unto, as it says, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So, but we are thankful to uh, the people that translated the King James Version of this Bible and, and did these things here. So we're going to read verses 7 through 12. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together and one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So we can see this is a pretty long sentence here. We've got a lot of things in here to discuss and to go over and to look at this. But when we start out and we look at verse 7, we kind of have to go back a little bit and we kind of look at some of these things. And, you know, we have to look at like 4, 5, and 6 to even kind of get to what they're talking about in verse 7, you understand? So it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So when we look at verse praise, to the praise of the glory of his grace, we're talking about God's grace. God's grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So the beloved is Jesus Christ. So God has made us accepted in the beloved, those who are the children of God, the ones that are called according to his purpose, predestinated unto that. So now when we look at that, to the praise where he has made us accepted in the beloved. So when we go into verse 7 and it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So we're talking about the beloved, the beloved. So it says, in whom we have redemption, in whom we have redemption. Jesus Christ is the redeemer of his people. So we have redemption through his blood. Who died upon the cross for our sins? Who is the one that shed his blood for each and every blood-bought child of God? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. We're redeemed. Even the song we have in our song, we're redeemed. Redeemed by what? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
So we look at that. So in whom we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Isn't it wonderful when we look at that? You know, we're looking at, at some of the doctrines that which we believe in. When it talks about the redemption, we, we believe in particular redemption. Particular redemption that God, or Jesus Christ, died upon the cross, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, that he came to what? To save his people from their sins. And the only way he could save his people from their sins is because he was that perfect sacrifice for sin. So the only way he could do that, Brother Roger, is what? By the shedding of his blood. Because the Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And I like how, again, that the Apostle Paul, and I've noticed this, noticed this excuse me, noticed this more and more in his writings and what he said here. And he starts out in, in whom we have redemption. So the same redemption that each and all us here have today is the same redemption that Paul had. Now, Paul was a great man. He wrote well over three quarters of the New Testament. But Sister Geneva, it's that same blood of Jesus Christ that, that, that redeemed his from his sins is the same blood that redeemed you from your sins. It's the same one. The same blood that saved uh, Roger, Mabel, Amy, Bill, Sue. We've got to understand this. It's that same blood. Even though we see all the things wrote in here, and even Peter, what did Peter say? That, that there's so many things that, that, that Paul wrote that are hard to understand. And if, if Peter says that, then sometimes it's hard for us to understand too. But that's why we need to pray to God. Pray to Jesus that he'll open up the eyes of our heart and to help us to understand these things that are going in. I, I was sitting there, my wife was watching me as I had books spread all over. I guess certain times I just kind of take over the, the island and the kitchen. And I had stuff all over and she was looking at it because give you a little bit of how I do. I, when I go through this, I start writing down things. And I had, I had two or three little tablets without writing down. I had my iPad, I had my phone, I had my Bible out there. And I write the things down and sometimes I don't do it very well, Brother Roger. So then I go and I rewrite everything. So I ain't got a computer like some people have that they can just type it all in and then you just print it out and whatever. Hopefully I'll have one soon <laughs> and I can try to do that and get some of these Bible programs. But for right now, I have to do it by hand. So I was sitting there and I was, and I, I read Gill and I read some things, but these are kind of my words that I wrote down here, Brother Roger. And I, I wrote down, I said, in God's wonderful plan of salvation, we have redemption from our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know this is kind of what it says here, but I tried to put it in my own words. And, and I know I use that word wonderful, and I used to use that word wonderful quite a bit before. But, you know, it, it is a wonderful plan of salvation. See, the fall of Adam, the things that happened in the Old Testament, the things that have happened in the New Testament, the things that are happening in this world today, none of this ever takes God 
by surprise. So he devised this plan of salvation before the world began. And it is continuing to be in effect even today. So before he formed the worlds, this was already in, in a plan that God had. And he has a plan for each and every one of us in our lives as we go through these things. You know, and I wrote down how awesome it is when we can see, we can see. Isn't it awesome when we can see these things? You know, when we think about it, you know, not everybody can see the things. Not everybody can hear the things. Not everybody can understand the things. The natural man cannot receive the things that are of the Spirit of God because they're, they're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, the Bible says, Brother Rogers, because they're what? They're spiritually discerned. So I, I wrote, I said, how awesome is it when we can see that this is, this is not something that we can do? We cannot do it. We could not save ourselves at all. You know, it had to be, we had to have that perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, as you read it, I think I'm into, uh, what did I say, darling, 1 Kings? I'm into 1 Kings. And you start reading about all these sacrifices and everything that they did. And when we realize that we no longer have to do that, don't we? Isn't it amazing that it is through the blood of Jesus Christ? And that's what my next sentence is. But it is through and in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I wanted to put that Lord and Savior because you know what? You remember I spoke on this not that long ago, I don't think, that everybody, <coughs> excuse me, Everybody wants to have a Savior, don't they? But not everybody wants to have a Lord over their lives. I'm thankful that God spoke to me and that I have somebody like Jesus Christ who is the Lord over my life. He's not a, he is the Lord of our lives, but when we sang that song to Sister Geneva... What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. Isn't it so awesome to have a friend in Jesus Christ? To realize that we have a friend that's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and He makes intercession for us all of the time. Not just part of the time, but all of the time. He's interceding in our behalf each and every day. I'm not perfect. There was only one man perfect, and that's what we're talking about, Jesus Christ. He was that perfect sacrifice for sin. He was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. That was the only way he could become that perfect sacrifice for sin, because that is the way he is. And in the Old Testament, it had to be a perfect sacrifice. You weren't supposed to bring in anything that was not perfect. If it was maimed or it had some blemish in it and whatever, they were not supposed to bring that for the sacrifice. And I know there was all kinds of, of different sacrifices that they did all of the time. So how awesome it is when we can see that this is not something that we can do, but it is through, not only through, but in, and in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, 
based solely upon the riches of God's grace. When we look in that, that last sentence, the last part of that in verse 7, it says that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of God's grace. And I said, we are so rich in Jesus, especially because he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And that is from verse 3. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We are so rich. We are so rich, rich beyond imagination. We're rich spiritually. Because we realize that, that we could not do this. I don't care how much money we have. You know, we got a lot of people that got a whole lot of money. Some people I don't care for. Bill Gates has a lot of money. Elon Musk, he has a whole lot of money. A lot of these guys have a low, all kinds of money. But you know what? That money ain't, ain't going to do them any good. It's not going to get them one step closer to heaven than, Bill, you are. It's not going to get them. You're closer than what they are. Because you believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to do, is believe in Him. We must believe that He is. That's, that's what it all comes down to. We have to believe that He is. And I know in, in Hebrews it goes on farther than that. But we understand because what? And he, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We've seen that, haven't we, in our lives. In all of us, we've seen the blessings of God in our lives. But that's because when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. So we need to watch how we are in the world today. Because he's... He's good to us when we're doing those things that are pleasing his sight. But when we aren't doing the things that are pleasing in his sight, we need to watch out. So verse 7, aren't we just so glad that we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. In the Old Testament, it says He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west, and you've heard me talk about that. So isn't it forgiveness? I'm going to go a step. He's not only forgiven us our sins, He's forgot our sins. He forgets our sins. He doesn't hold it against us. So that's not just forgiveness, Brother Roger. That's forgetting our sins. He doesn't hold anything about it. Remember, all of our sins were laid upon Jesus Christ. Remember when he was dying on the cross and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at that time he had put all of the sins upon Jesus Christ. Those were the sins that were past, present, and future, Brother Roger. All of those sins he put, put upon him. It's just amazing when we see these things. And we look and we see in verse 8, wherein he had the bounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. In all wisdom and understanding. He's abounded toward us, hasn't he? 
He's not going away from us, has He? He's abounding toward us. He's coming toward us. Just like when we put on the whole armor of God, we're always going to go forward because the armor is on the front. There's nothing to protect us from the back, Sister Geneva, because we're not to go back. We're to always go forward, fighting the battle for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful when we look at, and I wrote some things down. It's in the grace which is so abundantly displayed in redemption and forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ that he comes upon us. And he, he helps us as we learn, as we read the Bible. What does he open up? He opens up our eyes, doesn't he? He opens up our dry eyes, Mabel, that we can see these things and we can look at it. Look in verse 18 of chapter 1. The eyes of your understanding, that's the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I talked about how we're so rich. We're rich. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We're going to see these things when we look at that. We have an inheritance, Brother Roger. We have an inheritance in heaven that is there for us. It's going to lift us up, isn't it? We're going to lift up. We're, we're, we're going to be with him. We are in his will. We've got an inheritance. Uncorruptible. That fades not away. Reserved in heaven. For us. For us. It's, it's just, when, I, I hate to get back into when we can see, that we can see these things. And we can understand these things. You know, that's why I'm saying, let's slow down as we read the scriptures. Slow down and we look at this. Now, I, I don't know what some of the other ones do for abounded, but abounding, you know, abounding is, you know, we look at it, it's, it's some of the things I was reading, it's, it's super abounding. And we, when we have an abundance of something, we have a lot of something, don't we? And he's giving us, he's abounded toward us, and he's given us that we can have all this wisdom and understanding that we can, as we read these, these verses, that he opens up the eyes of our heart that we can understand these things. And that's, that's why I'm saying, slow down and enjoy the Bible. Enjoy the scriptures. You know, it doesn't say, sometimes in, in the world we say, you know, stop and smell the roses. We've all heard that, haven't we? Stop and smell the roses, right? That's what we need to do. We need to slow down so we can understand the beautiful things that are contained in the scriptures so that we can smell the roses, those things. Isn't, it, isn't that what we should really be doing? If we're just reading through the Bible to fulfill some duty that we have, we're doing it all for the wrong reasons. We need to, we need to sit down, slow down, understand it. And that he says that he is going to open up our understanding so we can realize these things as we read these things. And it's it, you know, because he's abounded toward us. Jesus Christ is abounded toward us. Look at what it says, in all wisdom and understanding. Now, I'm here to tell you that I just don't have, just because I'm a preacher, Brother Roger's a preacher, Brother Leroy's a preacher, that we automatically understand everything that we read. We don't sometimes. We have to go to the Lord. 
open up the eyes of my heart that I can understand these things. We don't understand it. He says, you know what? Ask of God. Open up our hearts and he's going to fill it. We just got to ask. Ask, seek, and knock. We need to do that in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. You know, when we look at this, the mystery of his will, you know, the mystery of the gospel revealed to us. Remember, chapters 1, 2, and 3 are doctrinal. There's a lot of doctrinal things in here. And we look at this, you know, and one of these things, the mystery is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we realize that, and when we try to understand it, people are out in the world, and some of these people that are wanting to be entertained instead of learning and understanding, you know, the scriptures, you know, we need to see these things made known on us the mystery of his will. How is it, Brother Roger, that Jesus Christ can be in every one of us? How is it? That's, a, that's, that's sometimes a mystery. I know that it, it's, it says that he's, he's omnipresent, but sometimes that's a hard thing to understand, to comprehend that he's with us here, that he can be with some of the saints of God that are over in Ukraine as well as in China, or down in South America, or in Africa. He's everywhere present and nowhere absent. When we look at these things, when we can, we can understand the mystery of His will. Uh, oh, excuse me, wrote down something. The mystery of the gospel revealed to us. We look at it, the Trinity. Remember, Brother Leroy was talking about the Trinity the other, the, the other day. That's hard for some people to swallow. But you have to accept that it's what it is. It's true. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery. Some people are never going to be able to believe it or take hold of it, Brother Roger. Because, again, the natural man. See, the natural man, and a lot of people in the world, they're trying to prove things. Prove things by science and whatever, I think that's become a, a good phrase. Well, the science of is, you know, and, but the science, you know, is Jesus Christ came in the world. And that's what's so awesome when we look at this. And sometimes we can't, we can't prove it by science. We just have to believe that it is. You know, the actual word Trinity, and Brother Roger will back me up, the actual word Trinity is nowhere in the Scriptures. It's nowhere in there, but the concept is. The concept is. That's what we have to understand. And just take it for what it is. When it's in here, you have to believe that it's true. When we baptize, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Remember I said, you can't just pick things out of here. I'd love to do that. 
I mean, we'd all like to pick all the good things out of the Bible, not the bad things. But we know that's not right. You have to, you have to believe. You have to believe in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, don't we? We have to believe that in the beginning. We have to believe that all the way until Revelation chapter 22. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. From in the beginning, and if we look to here, from the beginning until the end, if it wasn't for the grace of our Lord and Jesus Christ, where would we be? But we're so thankful for that. You know, we look at it, and it is no other than the mystery of the will of God revealed in the gospel according to his sovereign will and purpose. He reveals these things unto us according to his good pleasure, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, in himself. We can see this when we look at it and how wonderful it is. You know, Jesus sat there and said, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I'm going to add something, not adding to the words, but that it, that it enters into our heart. Because that's where it needs to be. All the time is in our heart. According to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. It's all, remember when I sat there? Remember I said it's in, it's through and in the person of Jesus Christ. That's one of the things, if you have an equation, you cannot take Jesus Christ out of the equation, anything in here. I don't care, it's from Genesis to Revelation. You can't take Jesus Christ out of the Bible. You can't take him. He's there. He's always going to be there for us. Isn't it when we look at this and we can see, when we can see how he has been with us? Because we've got to understand, even before we were born, even before the foundation of the world, he chose us in him. You're, you were going to be a child of God. There's nothing you could do about it. You understand that, brother? That's what people can't, can't understand. You didn't have anything to do with it. It was all God. The time, that was all with God. He's in everything. Jesus is in everything. The Holy Spirit. We can see a Holy Spirit. We can see Jesus in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You can't take any of those three out of, out of the Scriptures at all. That in the dispensation, verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And the dispensation, I wrote down some things, the plan by God, by which in the fullness of times or seasons, God will sum up all things in the heavens and on earth in Christ. In Christ. That in the dispensation, that's it, kind of the plan of the fullness of times. There are certain things that are going to be fulfilled in the fullness of times. Just as we were reading Revelation and all the things that we read about that John was seeing when all these trumpets were being sounded and everything. He saw these, all these things. That was all in the fullness of times. It's going to happen 
sooner or later. I can't tell you when it's going to happen. That's not for me to know. That's for the Father. But he's telling us a lot of these things and showing us things because he wants us to be prepared. We're going to have to stand strong. We're going to have to stand fast in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't know if it's going to come in our time, the, the, the mark of the devil. I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know what it is going to be. But I know if you're a true child of God, you know what? He's going to give you the strength to stand. Remember, we, was that Leroy or somebody said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's a hard thing to say. It's kind of a thing. But when we're weak, we're strong through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He gives us the strength to persevere through all those times. We've got to be there for it. You know, this thing, these things, you know, the dispensation was, was hid within himself until the fullness of times or the gospel dispensation in which Christ, being sent, has gathered all together in himself. Remember, he's gathering it all together. You know, we go on, and after 8, 9, and 10, what does it say? Look at verse chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being time past Gentiles in the flesh. Verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. And if we go a little bit farther, look at what it says. But now in Jesus Christ Jesus, verse 13, in chapter 2, ye were, who sometimes were far off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace with, made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So he, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. All things in Christ. When we look at it, you know, we are in Christ, aren't we? Gather together all things. And I go back to Matthew chapter 1, you know, that he is going to save, what? His people from their sins. And he's broken down that middle wall of partition, and Jew and Gentile are going to become one, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm glad what I wrote that. It's not only through, but it's in him. It's through the person of Jesus Christ, but it's in Jesus Christ. That all these things are going to be there for us. Isn't it amazing when we can see these things that one of these days, one of these days we're all going to be together with him. All, one of these days it's going to happen. And we're going to be in heaven. And we're going to see our loved ones there, aren't we? It's amazing when we realize that. We're all going to be together with him. It says in verse 11, it says, As whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. You know, it's talking about God there. He works all things after the counsel of his own will. You know, he's sitting on his throne of glory, and he's in control of everything that happens in this world today. See, this Russia invading Ukraine, it, it didn't take him by surprise. Just like when we talked about the COVID. The COVID didn't take God by surprise. He knew. 
He's omniscient. That means, see, omni means all. So omniscient means he, he knows everything. He knows all. And he knows that because he's God. Remember what he says, I am God and there is none else. There's no one else beside him. We have obtained an inheritance. Look in verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So because we've been adopted into, into his family, the family of God, we are going to receive an inheritance. We have obtained an inheritance through Jesus Christ. Being predestinated. Being predestinated. Isn't that, isn't that so comforting? We look at it and it says that he predestinated us. It's just... I want to turn to Romans chapter 8. I want to read just a couple verses, but we're going to start at 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. We have been predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. That means we're going to be like Jesus Christ. Like Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, or if God is for us, who could be against us? Who could possibly be against us? So when we, talk, we see this, this predestination that he's talking about, being predestinated. So if we're predestinated, look at what he says. It doesn't say, well, them he might call or he should call. What does he say? You predestinated them he also called. If you're predestinated, you are going to be called. You're going to hear that particular calling of Jesus Christ. He called. And whom he called, them he also justified. That means he's, he is going to make you not guilty. It's not something that might happen. It is going to happen. That shall, that shall means it is going to happen. He justified, he made not guilty. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Why would he make somebody not guilty and not bring them with him into heaven? Glorified. You're going to reside with him in immortal glory. It is just so awesome when we look at these things. He's predestinated us. According to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. It just sometimes it just blows my mind when I when I read these things and understand them and say, you know, how great is our God? How great is our God? that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. You know, when we look at all these things, like I say, you know, 
you know, in verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, that we should be to the praise of his glory. One of our main duties is to praise his glorious name. Praise him for who he is. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise the Holy Ghost that is in the world today to be our comforter and to be our guide. We first trusted in Christ. You know, we look at that when we see that we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And because of that, Brother Roger, we are going to trust, trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Most of all, we got to have faith, but we have to trust him. We have to have faith in him, but we have to trust him. When he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, he's always going to be with us. You know, we look at that, we trust, trust in him. I hope that what I've said today is going to help us in our life, help us to understand a little bit of what's going on in the world. What's going on in our lives. When we see these things, we understand that that these are the things, what, Brother Roger, these are the things that we believe in. Believe in being brothers and sisters in Christ being part of his family. With with that comes what, Brother Roger? A lot of responsibilities. We get a lot of blessings, but there's a lot of responsibilities. And we need to realize that. I thank you for your kind attention this morning.